We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek here, back for another episode, guys. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about some players on the Indianapolis Colts who are facing make-or-break seasons. Now, just a little bit of a caveat for anybody who's wondering. There's going to be a couple like different you know, ways that these guys could be viewed as make-or-break, whether it's guys you know, who maybe have an opportunity this year to have a little bit bigger role in this team that maybe didn't have a, as big of a role. And we think if they don't step it up this year, maybe they never will have as big of a role as they're going to get the opportunity they're going to get this year. Maybe it's a guy who just has never lived up to production and we think maybe is on the roster bubble. Um, maybe it's a guy that's just struggled with injuries, right? Uh, and, and anything and everything in between, there's a couple different scenarios here that we'll talk about that can kind of make um, them a part of this list. So we have a couple guys here that we're going to talk about. We have three guys on offense. We have, I believe it's four guys on defense overall. And a couple of these guys, we were like, should we put them on? Should we not? We just decided, screw it. We're just going to put them on. We're going to give our rationale. You may not agree. That's okay. But let's get right into it. And let's start, Derek, with the offense, with the most obvious player of the most obvious position uh, that the Colts have struggled to find, and that's Paris Campbell, wide receiver from Ohio State. I mean, Derek, this was your guy coming in, man. This was your guy, Paris Campbell. He's got the speed. He's got good size. What he hasn't had? is just being on the field. He has not been able to stay healthy. It's been all these different weird scenarios that's happened, right? When Paris Campbell came in his rookie year, he said injury after injury after injury. It was a freak thing his rookie year. Then his second year he comes in. He has a really good game in the Jacksonville game. He looks good. We're like, okay, Paris Campbell might be that you know future at wide receiver. Boom, week two gets destroyed. His knee gets taken out by Harrison Smith. Out for the year. That's the turf's fault. Yeah, and that just it's just unfortunate situation. There's nothing you can do. You put your hands up, and you're like, that just sucks for him. And he comes back year three. We're like, okay, maybe this is finally the year that Paris Campbell comes into his own. And what happens? More injuries again. So now, contract year for Paris Campbell. This is his literally his last shot. The question, Derek, has not been, is he a good player? Because we've seen when he's on the field and when he's fully healthy, he can be a weapon. He can be utilized. We've seen him have moments of brilliance on the football field. But the thing is, he hasn't been on the football field at all. Clearly, he has missed so many more games than he's played. 
in his three-year career with Indianapolis. And Derek, this is it for Paris Campbell. This is his final year. If he, if, if what's happened to him the last three years happens again, I really hesitate to say he'll be on the Colts roster this next season. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it, or at least in any kind of role in which that Ballard and them will try to uh, willingly get him the football. I mean, you know, it, it's getting to a point where, you know, Paris Campbell's going to have to play, you know, at minimum 10 to 12 games this year in order to, you know, be seen as that reliable wide receiver that they can rely upon that they drafted, you know, and it, it really does suck that, you know, just all these freak injuries keep happening to him. I mean, it really does suck because, you know, it's not his fault that a Texans uh, corner decides to land on his foot as he's crossing the end zone on a 57 yard touchdown. The biggest play of on one of the biggest plays of the whole season up until that point. And, you know, just seeing that and then on top of it, you know, from year two, you know, having that PCL tear where, you know, his foot got trapped in the turf and Harrison Smith just blew his knee out. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just nothing you can do about that. And it really does suck that, you know, we've been put in this situation. But again, I'm, I'm, I do have confidence. I do hopefully, uh, I mean, the crazy part is outside of that first year, the first year he said that, yeah, my body was not ready for the foot for the NFL world. And that was my fault. And he got better in doing that. You know, I mean, he looked a lot better through the last two seasons and then just ultimately, you know, just freak injuries happening. You know, it's unfortunate how that goes. And, you know, he's one of the few guys on this list that we have on here because of the injury thing. But you're right. I mean, if Paris Campbell's on the field, we have seen him several times do fantastic work. And, you know, I can really only imagine what it would be like with him being healthy this year and being in this offense with Matt Ryan and a couple other people. I really do. I really do wish that he would stay healthy here again. If he does and he plays 12, you know, 12 to 14 games this season, then, you know, I mean, I think Paris Campbell's going to be deserving of another shot. But like you said, until he proves that he can be uh, relied upon to be on the field on Sundays, then, you know, we we're going to have to see what happens. Yep. And it doesn't matter how fast he runs. If he's not on the field, I mean, he's not helping the team at the end of the day. So and he's, way, he's taking up a roster spot. So it would suck to have to move on from Paris Campbell because the talent is unquestionably there. Um, but if he can put it all together, if he can stay healthy, um, and the offense, the Colts offense is different when Paris Campbell is on the field. We've seen it. it he adds an element they don't have right now in their wide receiver room, right? Um, he just got that speed. He's got that combination of speed and size um, that the Colts have wanted so desperately, but they haven't been able to see it because he just has not been on the field. So, you know, there's no player out there in the NFL, I think, Paris Campbell, especially for Colts fans, that who are rooting for more than Paris Campbell because um, he's a great man, a great guy, great player, you know, and such a great dude off the field. And so we're rooting for Paris Campbell this year that he's going to stay healthy uh, and that he's going to earn a second contract in Indianapolis because we certainly think he can be an asset to this team if he can stay healthy. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's continue on with the offense. And this one might come as a surprise to so many people, honestly, because this guy hasn't really done anything to maybe warrant being on this list. But I kind of look at it like this, Derek. What the Colts did this offseason 
maybe indicates a little bit more that this guy could be under a little bit more pressure than maybe a lot of people think, and that's Kylan Granson. Now, I will say this. Kylan Granson, as a tight end, he is different in, in terms of what he offers as a, from a skill set standpoint compared to guys like Mo Ali Cox, Jelani Woods, um, you know, some of those guys, you know, he, he offers more of that receiving vertical threat type of tight end. But I guess the question for me is whose mouth are you going to feed, right? Is it going to be more Jelani Woods? Is it going to be more Kylan Granson? Uh, if Kylan doesn't have a good year, you know, do, do they potentially take more snaps away from him? Give more to those guys. Um, you obviously also brought back Mo Ali Cox. So just how does that shake out? I think it's a big year for Kylan in terms of how much is he used in this offense he has an opportunity this year. Um, he, you know, he's got that competition with all these other guys, and I think if he really steps it up here in year two and he's used a little bit more and he takes advantage of those snaps, I think he's only going to earn more snaps. What are your thoughts on Granson here? Yeah, I mean, what what the Colts have done in the tight end room this offseason is really just add a ton of competition. I mean, you have, I mean, Kylan Granson, Moali Cox, Jelani Woods, Drew Ogletree, you know, you had Farag Green on this roster for a while. I mean, this is a very deep and talented tight end group. And you brought in a quarterback like Matt Ryan, who, again, throughout his entire career has been a very tight end friendly quarterback. So, you know, the the usage of the tight ends will definitely remain there. But, you know, like you stated, Kylan Granson has a different skill set. The way he's used is much different than how Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods would normally get used. And you got to wonder, does that make him the odd man out? Because he's not 6'6". He's not 260 pounds like Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods are. I mean, Kylan Granson is six foot, is basically 6'4", 6'3", with 240 pounds. I mean, he's a, kind of the smaller guy of the group. You know, I mean, and people have kind of questioned that, you know, his ability to run block, even though I, I know a bunch of people that you and I talk to don't question it. But nevertheless, I mean, you're right. What The way the Colts staff views Jelani Woods and then on top of it, you know, trying to see Mo Ali Cox get a more utilized role in the in the red zone. You do wonder, you know, does Kylan get? The odd man and get the odd man out treatment. And especially if Drew Ogletree comes in and has a phenomenal camp, you know, maybe we see a few snaps from him at some point. Uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, I don't believe that Granson's going to be going anywhere because I know that Frank Reich loved uh, that pick in the fourth round the previous year. So I don't think that there's any chance that he's going to be remaining off the roster. It's just going to be one of those things that. Yeah, he could be he could be the third tight end by the end of the year and you know, we already he already was the third tight end last year and got very little usage. So, you know, does he remain at that usage or does he get a few more snaps early on and maybe displays a little bit of that receiving talent that we saw when he got drafted and maybe that puts him a step ahead of Jelani Woods at the start of the season. Yeah, it kind of, you know, and you kind of look at how the Colts have used their tight ends in the past, right? You think only a couple seasons ago when they had Eric Ebron on the roster, right? They didn't use Ebron, honestly, that much. Remember, they had, you know, they had Jack Doyle on the team. They had Mo Ali Cox on the team as well. And then they had Eric Ebron. And, you know, it, the snap count, you know, was even with Eric Ebron on the roster, he didn't get as many snaps, I think, as a lot of people thought, right? Because 
he was more of that receiving option. Obviously, he was used very well that season. So I think maybe that's kind of the role that the Colts hope that Kylan Granton can turn into, you know, more of that receiving tight end down the stretch that can, you know, just just stretch a defense, do things that, frankly, Mo Ali Cox cannot do as a receiver. I can see the Colts potentially using him that in that way, potentially. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because it, you talk about third tight end, like they just don't use a third tight end that many. Nobody does, right? They don't get I mean, that many snaps at the end the of the Colts, day. The Colts love to use three tight end sets, but a lot of the times, right. like in receiving sets, though, that's the difference. I mean, the Colts love to use the third tight end for, you know, blocking purposes for runs and all this other stuff. But that's not why you drafted Kylan Grancy. You drafted him exactly. to expand the field and to help make sure that he can get those catches 20, 30 yards down the field better than what guys like Molly Cox can, like you said. Yeah, and I think it's a great opportunity. Don't hear me out. Don't don't think I'm saying that Kylan Grant is going to be off the roster or anything crazy like that. I just think that now that he has that chance, he's got to really show out this year and show why the Colts fell in love with him in that fourth round a year ago. So, all right, let's keep going here. Let's move on to speaking of uh, a position that's been addressed this offseason. Let's talk about left tackle a little bit because Matt Pryor right now is the incumbent at left tackle, right? I mean, he he's only played a couple of games at left tackle. He played a lot of right tackle last year, filling in for Braden Smith, played some right guard filling in as well. So he's kind of been all over this offensive line since being traded for last year. Uh, and now he has a chance at left tackle, but the Colts, they brought in two other tackles as well to compete for that starting left tackle position. And uh, right now, he is the presumed starter. But Derek, honestly, with guys like Bernard Ryman and Dennis Kelly being brought onto this roster, it's going to be a fierce competition in training camp. I really believe it. And I think, honestly, Ryman has a puncher's chance at being the week one starter. I really believe it because he is a really, really good tackle. And, and Dennis Kelly's no slouch either. Yeah, I mean, it, the amount of competition at that left tackle spot is going to be fun to watch. And, you know, the Colts desperately needed that. You know, we saw the end result of Eric Fisher and, you know, Ballard does not want to have that situation happen again. You feel confident that you could put either one of these three out there right there and then and that, you know, you, you'll feel comfortable knowing that it's going to be a little bit better of a scenario for you. I mean, Matt Pryor, yeah, is only on this list because of the fact that, you know, for that position specifically, that might be his only chance to remain as a starter on the roster. That's going to be the only thing for Matt Pryor. We don't doubt Matt Pryor's ability. We saw it last season. He was one of the best offensive linemen for this team as a guy that was traded here for a sixth round pick. And seventh round. Seventh round. And now yeah. all of a sudden, you know, he's one of the more consistent offensive linemen we had on the roster last year. And, you know, amongst all the injuries and everything else going on, Matt Pryor did a fantastic job of stepping in. But like you said, has limited experience at that left tackle position. He's going into this offseason, and they asked him about it uh, just a couple weeks ago, said, what's your approach on this? And he said, I'm approaching this like this is my only job. Like, I know I can play at all the different positions on the offensive line. If they ask me to do that, that's what I'm going to do. But right now, I'm focusing all my time on left tackle position. Because like you said, he's only ever had a few snaps at the left tackle position. And playing left tackle and right tackle are two completely different positions. It's a little bit different in how you approach it. So, you know, Matt Pryor, it, it is a make or break for him. Because you got the competition behind you. you got your eventual replacement is what everybody seems to think in Ryman. 
and then you know you're on top of it you're that flex guy you know so you know the potential for him being the left tackle of, for the entirety of this year is is very short lived for a lot of things so you know what's going to happen with Matt Pryor throughout the year I don't know but you know it is a make or break depending on how well he does in training camp yeah, and it could be a make or break for how do we view Matt Pryor? Do we view him as a the potential left tackle of the future, or is he just a role player? Is he just a nice backup tackle? You know, um, and and that'll kind of determine his career, I think. So that's why this offseason and this season for Matt Pryor is so incredibly important for his career because is he going to be earning starter money? Is he going to be earning backup money? I mean, we'll see. He's going to have to show us. So, all right, let's continue on, guys. We talked about the offense here. Let's Let's flip it over now to the defense. Talk about another guy. Feels like he's on the list every single year. The last couple of years, Ben Banigou. Here we go again. Um, haven't heard really anything about Ben Banigou this entire offseason. It's kind of a, honestly amazing to me that he's still on the roster, considering you know what's happened in the past with guys like Quincy Wilson, for example, who around the draft was traded for a sixth round pick. Funny enough, the Colts turned that around and got Isaiah Rogers out of it, which was a great deal for them. Um, but with Ben Banigou. He's still on the roster right now. He still has a chance and an opportunity to still make something of a really disappointing career so far with the Colts. Um, and now you get a new defensive coordinator, a new defensive line coach. Um, he's been working with guys like Robert Mathis and stuff. So you got to wonder, okay, uh, does Ben Banigou potentially have a chance here in year number four, final year of his contract with the Colts, to actually do something, to actually make a little bit of noise, to potentially – put himself up for maybe, uh, dare I say it, spot starter duty at all? I don't know. He's certainly got the physical tools. We don't know anything about Ben Banigou right now. What we do know is this is his last chance with the Colts. Yeah, I mean, it really is crazy to think that we just have not heard anything over the last year. And, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing that we haven't heard anything because I think the last time that we heard about uh, ben Banigou, you know, he was talking about how, you know, he doesn't didn't really uh, care about how the previous year ended and he's looking beyond it to go uh, everywhere else. And we kind of all thought that was a little it seemed a little bit egotistical at first, but maybe now we'll start to see something different. I mean, we have talked about with Gus Bradley's system and how they're going to move guys around. And especially in the the Leo position, you wonder if. This is the time for, you know, Ben Banigou to maybe kind of do what the Colts wanted Kamoko Ture to do, right? Which is be that the replacement guy off the edge and, you know, in key situations, get you a couple sacks throughout the year. Because you're right, Ben Banigou has the physical tools to do such a thing. I mean, he had, if I'm not mistaken, had like a 9.5 um you know, RAS score when he came out of college. So, I mean, this guy is very athletic, you know, still is. And it's just at a point now where you just wonder, you hope that his mindset is where it needs to be because we don't want to have to have another Taekwon Lewis situation where, you know, Ballard had to come to him and say, hey, man, you know, we need you to stay focused here because, you know, if you're not, you know, this this might be the end for you as an Indianapolis Colt because we can't just keep having you on the roster hoping that at some point you're going to show us what what we drafted you for. So, you know, I, I, I hope that Banigou finally starts stepping in a little more and we see a little bit of that 2019 Ben Banigou. You know, I really hope that we see some of that 
uh, I, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mystery to say the least. Ben Banigou showing up in training camp is gonna be a, a lot to decipher what's gonna happen. And I hope it is a Taekwon Lewis situation where I hope he gets the message and he turns it around. I hope it's not a Quincy Wilson situation again where it seems like he has potential. And then he just does nothing and he disappears and and all this stuff. And then you just eventually have to just kind of give up on the guy. I hope it's not that situation. I hope this is finally the year for him. And I really hope he makes an impact because the Colts invested some pretty good capital into Ben Banigou. So hopefully he can uh, finally, you know, maybe not fully ever, you know, give them back what they you know hoped he would be. But giving them something on that defensive line would be huge for them and huge for this defense getting another situational pass rusher that can help out um, when needed on third down and such so i'm hoping that banagoo turns it around here but you mentioned taekwon lewis so let's talk about him and his is not less about what he's not done on the field and more about not being on the field itself you know similar to paris campbell although not quite as as extreme as paris campbell i mean you look at taekwon lewis he's had a couple big injuries, right? You know, his rookie year, he missed half the season. Um, and then this last year, he goes down in that Titans game. And uh, that was a very just unfortunate injury that Taekwon Lewis had last year. But bring him back on a one-year deal. He's proven he can be a really effective player for you. He's probably, honestly, your best defensive lineman for a while there when he was healthy last year. And he, he, he seems like every year he's kind of improving, which is great to see. But can he stay healthy? You brought him back, hoping that he can. And maybe if he does, then you sign him to maybe a longer-term contract. Maybe never as a full-time starter, but a really key, good backup, you know, spot starter defensive lineman there that can move a little bit of everywhere. He's very position-flexible, right? He's played some three-tech. He's played some defensive end. He can do about everything for you. What are your thoughts on Tyquan Lewis, another Ohio State Buckeye there? Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, you know, talking about how he has improved drastically over the years and, you know, has performed really well, um, even getting high praise for or from Chris Ballard over his pressers at the, in the off season talking about, you know, the, the defense felt and looked different when Tyquan Lewis went down and that's high praise when he, when your GM is saying that your entire defense looked different after you went down really goes to show you the impact that you've been having. And, you know, again, an unfortunate freakish injury that, you know, happens to a couple guys every year. You really hope that this is the last one of those big ones that you see. Cause you know, I, I want to see more of 2020 Taekwon Lewis cause 2020 Taekwon Lewis really impressed me. And then 2021 Taekwon Lewis going in through that before his injury was doing phenomenal and I love the ability of him being one of the first guys off the bench to fill in in those roles. I, I think he's going to do it. I think that uh, he's got all the talent to be able to do it. It's just the same thing as Paris. You know, you just got to hope that the injury bug doesn't hit him again. Yep. Because he's a very effective player. I mean, even more so than Paris. Like he's made a bigger impact than Paris because he's been on the field more than Paris. So we hopefully he can, you know, revert back to where he was in 2020 in terms of durability as well. So, all right, let's keep going here. We got two guys in the secondary we want to talk about, coincidentally, both at the safety position and coincidentally, also a lot of injuries there with both these guys. Uh, first off, Kari Willis, who. You know, this was really his first year where he kind of struggled with some injuries. Um, but even when he was on the field, he kind of took a step back this last year, 
right, in terms of coverage. Like, I thought he had a phenomenal 2020. He looked really good. I was excited for him and his future with the Colts. And then last year, he just didn't quite look like himself in 2020, right? 2021, Kari Willis was not even close. He was kind of a shell of himself in some ways to what he was in 2020. And so now the fact that the Colts have addressed the safety position with, you know, twice Rodney McLeod signing and also the drafting of Nick Cross in the third round and Kari Willis being in a contract year, could this be his final year with the Colts? You know, if he doesn't step it up, you know, I think he's going to have to really step it up to earn a second contract here with Indianapolis. As much as I like Kari Willis, I mean, I think guys like Nick Cross, they're waiting in the wings, man. They really are. Yeah. And, you know, with guys like Rodney McLeod, who have been in the league for a long time, and they, they're much more experienced than a guy like Kari Willis. You're right. Last season, Willis was a shell of himself. You do wonder if a lot of that had to do with, uh, you know, just with the injuries lingering. You know, you wonder if that kind of had something to do with it because, you know, guys come back from injury all the time, but they don't, they, they take a while to be able to get back into feeling like themselves. And when you have a lingering one like that, you know, that kind of stuff impacts you throughout the entire season. I mean, not everyone can be a Darius Leonard who has a ankle problem all season long, but still somehow force 15 turnovers, right? They, they just not everyone can do that. But, yeah. you know, and, and especially for a guy like Kari Willis, I mean, he's got a lot more ground to cover. Uh, again, if we see 2020 Kari Willis, then Willis has got nothing to worry about. I mean, we got, well, we see 2020 Kari Willis, this, this conversation's not happening. But at the end of the day, yeah, he took another step back. And we all know, even though we're going to talk about Blackman here in a second, we know Julian Blackman is a stud when he's on the field. And we've seen it in just his uh, short two years. And then, you know, like you said, Nick Cross, a, a different kind of animal that he is. I mean, a, a completely different athlete than Kari Willis, too. I mean, compare their RAS scores. Car Willis doesn't even come close to what Nick Cross is athletically. I mean, no. it's it's night and day. So, you know, I mean, there is the potential for, you know, and we'll see. It's really going to be more towards the end of the season that we're going to find out, Cody. We're going to figure it out by week 15 and 16 of the regular season. We're going to find out if Corey Willis is the guy next season or if Nick Cross is going to take over. Because we're going to find out based on how their playtime goes. So it's not going to be something that we're going to figure out early on in camp. But as the season goes on, we're going to figure out whether or not Nick Cross is going to get an enhanced role. Or if, you know, Corey Willis has pretty much secluded himself as the number two safety, the number one strong safety, and he's just not going anywhere. So Corey Willis, got he's got some good football ahead of him still. I do believe that. But yeah, you, you got to hope with the lingering injuries that that's not going to be a problem anymore. And you hope that he can be better in the secondary now, now that we're going into this new zone scheme that we're going in. Well, I do wonder also, you talked about the RAS score, also just the change of guard at, at defensive coordinator. Like, I do wonder, will that change potentially how the Colts view Corey Willis, right? Because Matt Eberflus obviously loved Corey Willis um, for good reason, but you know, just the change in philosophy a little bit and the change in the type of players that Gus Bradley is looking for. Uh, could that potentially mean, even if Corey Willis has a solid year, the Colts move on from him? Because 
They like the physical tools of Nick Cross more. They think he fits better what they want to try to do on defense. He's not as much of a liability in coverage, right? He's more athletic and all those things. You know, Kari Willis very well may have a good year. and The Colts still end up moving on from him. I could see a scenario where that does happen just because of the new defensive coordinator and what they want to do defensively. And, and honestly, I could see it where they view Kari Willis and say he's a good player, but he's limited. He's a limited player on our defense, and we don't want a limited player. We want a player that can do it all, and we believe that's Nick Cross. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I think he still has a chance to be brought back next year if he has a good year. Um, but certainly if he has a year like last year, I, I don't really see a scenario where he does come back for the Colts, and I do think Nick Cross ends up taking over that strong safety position next year, if not in the middle of the season if he's really struggling. So right. um, all that to say, Kari Willis, go out there and prove us wrong. Go have a great year. Earn another contract with us. I'd love to see it. All right. Let's talk about Julian Blackman. You mentioned him already. Phenomenal player, undoubtedly. First year he came in, made a huge impact. Wasn't even fully healthy. But and when still he was, almost won defensive rookie of the year. Exactly. I mean, that speaks for itself right there. I mean, he was phenomenal, causing turnovers. He was basically the Darius Leonard Jr. of the secondary mm-hmm. with how many turnovers he caused and how many game-changing plays he caused. But then the injuries happened. He's had two significant injuries the last couple of years. He had the one in college and also just had the one last year. So, I mean, I don't think it's a question of if he gets injured again this year, is he on the roster? I don't think that's the question. I think it's like, how do you view him? Do you view him as your reliable future at safety? Because if he gets hurt again and he's out for the season again, I honestly don't think it'd be crazy to think about, okay, do we need to go potentially address free safety again next year? You know, we just got to find guys that can stay healthy on the field. Right. We know how to find the talent. We just got to find guys that can stay on the field and make an impact for our team. And unfortunately, with Julian Blackman, I mean, he had one good year, but last year they missed him. They really missed him in that secondary. Yeah, they were missing a lot of their secondary guys this last year. You certainly hope that the injuries thing is not going to be as big of a factor this next year. I mean, that's the Ballard curse, right? Always looking for talent, even if the injury concern is there. So it's kind of just how it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, we you can't deny what Julian Blackman is. He's a phenomenal player. But yeah, it's just another one of those situations where it's like, you know, he's had two serious injuries already. You know, you really hope that there just isn't a third one. And as long as there's not, then this doesn't become a conversation either. You just really hope that Blackman stays on the field and, you know, balls out the way we saw in his rookie year. And I think he will. I think he will ball out. Um, but, you know, we felt like we were kind of with Julian Blackman, kind of like, should we put him on the list? Should we not? We figured we might as well because it could be a conversation we're seriously having next year um, if he does get injured. So he's right there on the fringe, right? I don't think it's a necessarily make or break season, but I think for his future, you could view it that way if you wanted to. So, all right, guys, that'll do it for our look at some Colts that we think are facing potential make or break seasons in 2022. Let us know your guys' thoughts in the comments. And also, if you're still hanging on to this video, still listening uh, or watching this video, wherever you're doing, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those good places. We always appreciate all your guys' support. Guys, we're going to be doing some giveaways here very soon, so be sure that you're following along with what we're doing on social media, all that stuff. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.